following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. Good morning from the star in Frisco. Welcome to Talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio. Rob Phillips joined by Brian Broaddus across the table from me. And man, the attrition on this show just keeps <laughs> piling up, man. That's what you get when you're dealing with a bunch of old men, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I will say this, though, and, uh, you know, that's it. It's. Uh, it's nice, though, that you could, you know, we were talking about, okay, we're not going to have Bill for this time. Mickey, you know, is, is dealing with some things. And, and you know, it's like, well, can we do the show, just a two-man show? And I'm like, yeah, let's, we, we for, do a two-man show. For half the show. Half the we're, show. We're yeah, Bill we, Jones we can, yeah. in studio at some point. Yeah, yeah. He's got TV obligations. Mickey's still out. So we've got a couple empty chairs over yeah. here, but we're, we're good. No, we'll figure it out. We have so much to talk about. We right? do. We do. It's got a game week, as they always say. Yeah. For the first time in uh, almost nine months, this is a practice day for the regular season. Yeah. Cowboys on a Wednesday. Big practice practice. day, too, by the way. A big one. Why is that? Well, you know, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I was going to give it a little emphasis on this this practice day because the first week you kind of want to figure out where guys are going to play or who's going to play. And then the Rico Gathers story, we've talked about that. Him, Dalton Schultz, who's going to get the most reps there? You know, how the wide receiver rotation is going to work? You know, I mean, we kind of, at, at, at training camp, it was, it didn't seem like we were able to get any type of a pattern to how things were going to work out at receiver. Who's going to be the starter? Where's, hey, where does, uh, you know, where does uh, Michael Gallup fit into this? Is he going to be a starter for Terrence Williams? Are they going to open 11 personnel? You know, there's all kinds of things. This is now the first week where we'll see Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he's looked good in training camp and all that, but has no, not one opponent's hand has been laid on him, you know, this time. So a, a lot of really interesting stories, storylines going into the first week. I, I, you know, the questions about the safety spot. Yeah. How are they going to practice safety? Is, is uh, Campbell the new uh, guy going to be over, say, Robinson, you know, I mean, there's a, there's just so many things that you got to kind of keep an eye on at practice. They only give us 25 minutes. It's not like we get to go out there and stand there for the whole day and say, oh, this is what they're going to do. But, you know, there'll be some indications how special teams line up. So I just kind of went through a litany of things we need to think about. No, I think you bring up a good point in that it is, to me, one of the most fascinating starts to a season for the Cowboys that I can remember because of the questions, because of the changes that they've had at so many spots. Right. And the first one you mentioned, I think, was wide receiver. And you're right because you had – I forgot Joe Looney, didn't I? (laughs) I forgot Joe Looney. There's that too. Yeah. Got a new offensive center, right? Right. Um, So that's important. Zach Martin talked yesterday to the media. It looks like he feels great. He should be yeah, ready to he go. He practiced well that last yeah. day here and we, before the uh, the Texans game. You can count on him at right yeah. guard. Uh, but that wide receiver spot, you had 13 or 14 receivers in camp, and you're right. They basically just shuffled nine, ten guys in for first-team reps throughout training camp. And guys played a lot of different spots, and they were trying to figure out who does what the, the best. best. 
And I don't think we've seen that rotation because we haven't seen – I don't think we've seen all these receivers on the field together yet because Austin's missed – Tavion Austin's missed right. time. Deontay Thompson's missed Beasley. time. Beasley. So, yes, I am – I continue to be fascinated by that position. No, it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things – where you go in, do you, do you feel great? Is there a bell cow guy? Is there that number one guy? I think that they're going to try and find a way to develop a guy. There's a lot of people that believe that, you know, Cole Beasley's your number one guy. Okay, well, that's right now. But, you know, could somebody emerge? Could Hearns emerge? Gallup? I mean, a lot of people are betting on Gallup, including me. I'm betting on Gallup to, to be that guy. But, yeah, he's yet to line up and play in a you know a, you know a meaningful NFL game. Yeah, he's he's gotten a lot of work in the preseason. I think that's good. I think the rapport that he's built with Dak Prescott, I think, is good. But you know, if Cole Beasley's your number one guy, you better figure out how to get Cole Beasley open because you didn't do a very good job of it last year. No, you know, and and you know, if it means just keep playing him in the slot and letting other people, you know, I mean, we've seen Alan Hearns play in the slot. Some that might be the way of kind of getting things around, but if Cole Beasley, in fact, is going to be Dak Prescott's best friend, like I think he will, you better figure out ways. And and hey, let's you know the it's also the 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 mantle was also laid at the feet of of, of Scott Linehan about Tavon Austin. Jerry Jones made the trade and said, "You better figure this out. You better figure out a way to get uh, Tavon Austin going." So, uh, you know, two shorter receivers, two shorter receivers that could play a very big role in the in the uh the the fate of this offense this year for sure um and we're you know 888-855-2297 is the number by the way we're going to get into uh the Cowboys defense more so this this show focusing on the Cowboys facing the those Panthers offensively right and Cam Newton and all those guys and how they're going to handle that. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, that should yeah. be that should be fun, right? Not going to be easy. No. No. And this is, you know, Rob, if if you want to jump into that a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, just start right now if you want to. Yeah, I'll throw it out there. You know, this is a team that's dealing with some injuries along the offensive line. And you know, there you know, Corey Robinson uh, was brought in to to try and kind of uh, solidify some things at the left tackle spot. Uh, they've used, uh, you know, Taylor Moten has been a guy that's played a little left tackle there. Uh, you know, they, they lost, uh, Khalil, they lost him to the, uh, to injury. So they, they've had some problems. They've, they're really good though at right guard. Trey Turner, I think is an excellent right guard. When you start talking about those guys, you know, with the, the best guards in the league, you know, the guy at Baltimore, you know, Zach Martin, I think you have to talk about Trey Turner as well. So, you know, we'll see how, in fact, that they're able to to do some things. Daryl Williams, I think their tackle is a good player, but they've got some questions along that offensive line for sure. And so, how they're able to mix and match and and line up, Dallas has got to take advantage. If you ask me, hey Brian, key to the game, how does Dallas take advantage? Now, Dallas has had a history of not taking advantage of bad offensive lines. You know, when when now, it, it's been one of those things where okay, this is a beat up, banged up giant offensive line, and all of a sudden then they get no sacks. They get no pressure. They, you know, they, they can't allow that to happen. I, I feel like this is a game where it's going to be important to keep Cam Newton in the pocket. Where he makes mistakes is in that pocket. You know, you've got to make him. It's a little bit like Russell Wilson when you play a quarterback that has the ability to buy a second and third chance with his legs. Make him have to stand there and make throws. I don't think he's as accurate throwing from there when he is on the move, and you, you, you tend to see him make some mistakes. Cam Newton doesn't really read defenses all that well, and I don't know how much Chris Richard and, 
and Rod Marinelli are going to disguise some things. You know, they'll probably play pretty much straight up. This is a team that uses a lot of 11 personnel, and they've got a, a tight end that plays as a flex player or as a, uh, as a detached. If you talk about Greg Olson, he plays more of a slot type. So, you know, he is an ancient guy, but still makes big plays. He's the new Witten. Yeah, he's the, the new Witten. He's, he's going to be the next broadcaster for some, because he's really good at it, by the way. He yeah. does the combine and does stuff in the NFL Network. It's really good. But I, I feel like, though, how do you play – how do you match up against Olsen? Do you treat him like a receiver or do you treat him like a tight end? It'll be interesting to see if, and I always say this word a lot, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, do they use, uh, uh, does uh, Jeff Heath, does that become his new role where we've seen the Byron Jones role of, okay, big tight end, big body guy that can that can go with him. Maybe Jeff Heath will be that guy. So they got a lot going on with this offense. Comfortable with that? If uh, that's the case, if Jeff, I love Jeff. Heath, I love Jeff Heath playing down. I yeah. love Jeff Heath, and I made a big argument about that yesterday on our show on Happy Hour. And I hope folks get a chance to go back and watch that. It was a lot of fun to it do looked that. Like it, a lot of fun. It yeah. is every week, just kind of a little bit of thought. But we kind of got into. I, I I want to see the Cowboys play Jeff Heath in more of a down position. I don't want Jeff Heath to be Xavier Woods, where it's run up, run up, run up run up and no plays, you know, I mean, we see that a lot of Xavier and that's not his, I mean, I, I want to see somebody in and the thing with Jeff Heath, if you play Heath down, you can use him in coverage. If you, if you can also use him, we've seen Jalen Smith be an active player in tackling and then Sean Lee, that's three bodies, three active tackles going to the football. I don't want to see Jeff Heath play at depth and have to keep coming up and not been able to make any plays. I think Jeff Heath has had some good coverage skills, uh, uh, throughout training camp, I think he's proven that he can cover people. He can be physical. He doesn't get bullied. So yeah, if you have to, if you have to have a guy run with Greg Olson all over the field, this is not Greg Olson like uh, smack the linebacker and run a hook route. This is these are routes going down the field. So they're going to have somebody that that can kind of uh, take care of that. Looking at this Panthers offense, yeah. what they did last year. Now, this is a Carolina team. I think they've made the playoffs four out of the last five years. I mean, in a tough division. In a very tough division. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they're statistically last year, not as solid, not as great of a year for Cam Newton. Right. He's taken a lot of hits in his career. A lot of hits. And some of that speaks to not just the offensive line injuries they have now. They've, they've been kind of shaky at times before that. Yes. Um, North Turner. Interesting. Now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. How yeah, it replaces Mike Shula, who's been the longtime guy there. Longtime guy there. Right. And I know you're familiar with Norv right. going back years. How do you think he can bring the best out of Cam? Well, he's going to have to make, and this will be interesting. Again, I use that word. I, I'm interested because Norv's offense is timing-based. And he's got receivers, though. He's got receivers like in Torrey Smith, uh, Funches, that kind of guy. DJ Moore is a new addition. You know, he's got guys that big body guys. If you remember, North Turner's always had success when he's had a big receiver, big body guy. Look back all the way back to when he was, you know, calling plays with Michael Irving and people like that. You know, I, I just have always been impressed with the with that timing based offense. But you got to get you know Cam Newton to 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 buy into that. And I think Newton has buy it has bought into that, excuse me. They've got a running back that's a little bit of a dynamic guy, too. When we mentioned McCaffrey, that, you know, he, he don't let the, the appearance fool you, though. He's a, he's a guy that, um, that can run between the tackles. You can hand the ball to him outside. He's a finisher. There's a couple times in preseason 
where he had some really long runs just, you know, because the threat of Cam Newton pulling the ball and running is kind of giving him some lanes. But North Turner does have weapons to work with. I, I, I mean, I do uh, – uh, the offensive line is a problem right now for him. But what's North Turner always dealt with good things. If he has a good tight end, if he has some good receivers, and he has the threat of running the football – you know, North Turner can present a lot of problems to you that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, one thing that stood out to me throughout camp and preseason is how fast this Cowboys defense looks. Yes. Sideline to sideline. Yes. And a lot of that, maybe a little bit of a surprise that Jalen Smith has really appeared to take another step physically. Right. right. You feel like they're better equipped to face a Carolina team that present, like you said, presents different matchup problems in terms of versatility both with your quarterback and right. your running back shouldn't worry so much about the speed on the outside this is not one of those teams that I feel like where you have to worry about this team throwing the football is Cam Newton he will launch it down the field you have to you have to be ready for that he's going to throw the ball up to Smith he's going to throw the ball up to Funches he's going to try and hit these guys down the field with some plays you know that's just kind of his mo he got a strong arm great arm talent always had great arm talent but, yeah, you're going to have to deal with it. The speed on the outside is not going to worry these Cowboy cornerbacks. It, it really should. Now, playing the ball vertically in the air should worry these Cowboy cornerbacks in the way they play. So, yeah, are they better equipped to handle the screen pass that's going to go to McCaffrey? You know, yes. You know, they're better equipped to get Sean Lee there. They're better equipped to get Jalen Smith there. You know, they've got to find a way to get bodies to the ball. They've got to find a way to get a body bodies to into Cam Newton. And we talked about making him play from the pocket, but don't bounce off him. You know, uh, you know, Tank Lawrence, if you're there on the sack, you beat the tackle clean, you're around the corner, you know, you have to make sure that you wrap up Cam Newton. You cannot just go in there with an arm tackle and expect he's too strong. He'll bounce, you'll bounce off him, and then now it's a scramble drill, and all of a sudden he's looking to throw the ball down the field, and there's Torrey Smith waiting as, you know, Byron Jones has dropped coverage. So you got to be able to get bodies to the ball, get bodies to Cam Newton, be able to handle McCaffrey with your speed at the linebacker spot and don't let Greg Olson be a killer on third down those are going to be really really keys for this defense but to your point the speed is much better the toughness is better and they're getting a lot of guys to the ball we've seen that when ones versus ones in the preseason the Cowboys have been really really good in that regard yeah and secondary too, physical playing physical aggressive at the line of scrimmage with their corners um you mentioned DJ Moore. That's a guy that you and Dave Hellman loved were, him. Loved him coming yeah. out of the, coming out of college for yeah. the draft. Is he anything from him on preseason? Yeah, uh, what they what they've what they've done with him, Rob, is they've they've thrown like screens to him. You've seen some tunnel screens to him. You've seen some just straight receiver screens. Uh, they've tried to get him the ball a little bit downfield, but everything has really kind of been underneath for him right now. And the the, the like I say, the majority of the the passes that have gone to the outside that have gone downfield, Torrey Smith. You know, Funches, I keep mentioning those guys' names. Greg Olson's name gets mentioned right there. But, you know, don't be don't be surprised because this guy is an acrobat when it comes to catching the football. He was at the University of Maryland. He was one of my favorite guys in, in watching the draft, one of my top receivers in this draft. I thought the Cowboys would have an opportunity to grab him. Matter of fact, uh, he went uh, right after, not very quickly after, uh, that the, that they took Leighton Vanderesh here. So He was in that discussion with... Oh, they Van Der Esch, Calvin Ridley. I mean, Ridley, there were all kinds, it, it, depending on who you liked better. Yeah, yeah, Ridley, it looks like Ridley will be a fine player in, in Atlanta. So, 
yeah, if you needed a wide receiver, those were the guys that were clearly the names to be mentioned. But he hasn't had that explosive, at least the games that I watched this preseason, he hasn't had that explosive game that we've seen. He, he's capable of a six-catch, 140-yard type game. If you get him going down the field, you get him going, you know, throw him the ball in his hands, he's got a little bit of that running back mentality, the way he runs the ball. So, yeah, you have to be careful with all that. How do you feel right now about – the interior part of the Cowboys defensive line because they let a guy go, Brian Price, that maybe they could have gotten back if yes. he cleared waivers. Right. Um, that hurts him a little bit you because know, there's a there's a one technique. They're small yeah. inside, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then when you're talking about a McCaffrey, a guy who can run between the tackles as sure. well as be a you know kind of an air back outside. Yeah, it's an interesting issue because I think defense on the on the outside and the edges they seem deeper than they've been maybe in a couple years. Right. They kept you know all those linebackers. You know they and they and that's they kept all those linebackers without really practicing at all with Leighton Vanderish. Right. So you who know, is he supposed to practice this week? This yes. week, yeah, we'll see if Leighton Vanderesh. It's going to come down to the final spot if they dress Vanderesh or they feel better about Covington maybe playing special teams. One of those guys will probably not dress. But I, I feel like though that a lot of this uh, early defense front seven talk uh, hinges on the linebackers, hinges on the defensive end. But you brought up a great point. You know, what can uh, Woods do? What can Antoine Woods do? He's going to be your primary, you know, one technique. What is he going to be able to do? We asked Jason Garrett the other day, where do you see, you know, uh, Collins, Malik Collins? Where do right. you, and, they, and, and his answer was more of a three, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay, well, more of a three, does that mean do you move him to a one or the nose tackle when you kick, you know, you kick uh, Crawford inside? I mean, th- th- this is another one of those spots you keep a watch on practice because – you know, Carolina very likely to open in that 11 personnel set, which means you're going to have to match them with your with your nickel package, which means you'll have um, you'll have Anthony Brown on the field, but you'll also you know have to have probably Randy Gregory on the field rushing the passer. So there's a if there is a little bit of a concern, is a Brian Price at least could have been a rotational player. That was uh, maybe a you know an eighteen to twenty four twenty five kind of a play guy, and now you don't have that. So there's more questions there about how you play the inside rotation. Need to keep an eye on practice who the backup guys are inside for sure. And Dayton Jones still out with a knee injury. Yeah. He's, he has not been moved to IR right now. They're keeping they him think, on the fifty three. Yeah, they, they think he's going to be back sooner than later. So we'll see how that goes. All right, let's take our first break. is the number. We'll continue breaking down Carolina offense, Cowboys defense, anywhere you guys want to go to as we get into the meat, the heart of week one of the regular season here next on Talking Cowboys. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. 
AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour pouch, Brian, that nestles the boys. Yeah, I like that, right? It's your favorite word. Mm -hmm. With over 3 million pairs sold, we put in the hustle to make sure you're nestled. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Welcome back. We've got one segment down, two to go on a Wednesday as the Cowboys are... It's getting set to get back to practice for the first time in the regular season. Jason Garrett will address the media at 10.35 Central. You can listen to that live on DallasCowboys.com. By the way, single-game tickets versus the Giants. I know we're talking about week one in Carolina, but yeah. the home opener, September 16th at AT&T Stadium, tickets are only 40 bucks. Still available. Single-game tickets. Get them now before they sell out at DallasCowboys.com. I'm going to grab a phone call, Brian. Sounds good. Just down the road from where we were a few days ago with our feet of strength driving home from Houston. Josh in H-Town, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Long-time listener. I'm actually really happy to be on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. What's up? What's on your mind? Brian, I want to pick your brain about something you said yesterday. Uh, you made the comment about how uh, – I know we're on the topic of Earl Thomas a lot, but how Earl Thomas is going to be worth the first-round draft pick. Now, with what we've seen from Vanderesh this year, do you think that his pick was worth it, or do you kind of feel like if we could go back, we would use that first round pick to take ET? That's a good. You know, I I don't I don't think I said he would be worth a first round pick. I think where I said he would be worth it, and I and again, I, I hope that we're not. I'm not confusing people here. Yeah. I personally think that, that Dallas needs to give the second round pick. Earl Thomas. I know that there's been some reports now about uh, they're offering a third, Seattle wanting more. Well, and, and it reports it, that he's still not showing up. Yeah, still not showing up. So Seattle. The, the problem you're running into now is you play Seattle in week three. Seattle is not going to give you Earl Thomas, you know, the week of the Seattle game. So if you don't get this deal done. Would that be something? Yeah, if you don't get this deal done uh, this week or you know, next week, you know you're gonna you're not gonna probably get Earl Thomas until week four if that's the case if you know if you're in a situation because I don't see John Snyder giving him up for you know Seattle week he's not gonna put him on a plane back to Seattle and have him find a way to beat him yeah so I think that, that I think timing is gonna be real critical here but I I don't feel like that the the, the thing that I the thing that I kind of was talking about 
with, with Earl Thomas, I think the most important thing about Earl Thomas being here, and I, and I brought this up yesterday, is who is the glue to hold things together if something happens to Sean Lee? Is it Jalen Smith? You know, who is that guy? Who is it? Is it Tank Lawrence? Does he hold the defense? Because we've seen what happens when Sean Lee goes out. The defense tends to drift and fall apart and makes mistakes and doesn't tackle well and all that. You know, that's a great point. I just don't see. I don't see right now, and maybe I'm pr- will be proven <laughs> wrong with Jalen Smith as far as being that guy, or maybe it is Tank Lawrence. But when Sean Lee's out, they they just don't have somebody in the secondary or. Right now, that I think it could be that I use the word glue guy. It's more to me. It's more intangible than it is just him running and making tackles. It's yeah. it's the pre-snap communication. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you watch him get into pads in Oxnard after taking you know resting early in camp. It's like the practices were louder. Uh, the communication just seemed better. I right. Mean, he's he is like a quarterback on the field. He is now to his point. If you said first round pick, you know, I would have. I would have surely entertained the opportunity for Derwin James. I had Derwin James as a is a as one of my top players. So if you're talking about a safety instead of Van Der Esch, you know I had actually had Connor Williams ahead of Van Der Esch in my top fifty by one spot, and then you know with also with Michael Gallup I believe at thirty seven. Yeah. So I had three in the top fifty. Either they're going to be really really right, or I'm going to be really really wrong with my with my assessment of my guys. But yeah, if you would have said, okay, you want to use a first round pick, I would have taken I would have taken Derwin James, maybe moved up. There's people will say, well, if you would have just tanked the last game against against you the Eagles, had this problem. you wouldn't have had this problem. But you would <laughs> but you know, Jason, Jason Garrett's but yeah, but Jason Garrett's job's to win games. It is. You know, he that's his job. And you can't fault a man for trying to win games, especially when it's his job. And you don't want to go into the offseason with another eight and eight talk. He didn't, and all he that, didn't want that. All that stuff. He didn't want that. Yeah. But but yeah, I, me personally, I, I moved the pick, and I and I know that's a great conversation on talk radio on our partners one zero five three. They go back and forth on you know they're like oh, I wouldn't do it. I you know the three I would hold it. You know, this guy this guy could mean a lot to your defense. He can mean a lot to he could solidify the safety position. He could allow Jeff Heath to play down like I want him to. He could he could be the glue when things kind of fall apart. He could be the one guy who could stand in the huddle and get the respect of the. Uh, of the, uh, the his teammates, you know he's been there, seen that, done that, all that stuff. So I, to me, it's worth that. It, it's worth to have a guy like that that is a. And people say, well, the money and the years, and he's old and all that. Go back and look at some of the best years that Ed Reed had. You know, go back and look at those guys. Go back and look at Troy Palomalo when they got to a certain age. The, these guys are difference makers. These safeties are rare players, and especially the elite ones. Darren Woodson, elite player. Probably didn't get the credit that he deserved for what he did. But you get to a certain point in time, Darren Woodson still was playing at a very high level even though he was banged up. And I think the same thing. I don't think you have to make this huge financial commitment. Yeah, people say, oh, they, you know, 14 million years. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think I think with uh, no state income tax, I think you can, you can craft a deal that could be very uh, conducive to, to, to him coming here and, and playing. You know, I, I don't think he – yeah, he wants to be the highest-paid player in his position when he's at Seattle. I don't think that's necessarily the case here. We don't have Mickey here to discuss this, and he'll be back soon. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we miss you, man. Yeah, we miss Mick. I know he's probably listening right now. Uh, he, You all have gone back and forth about the safety yeah. position. and, and whether, he's made how, fair points. Well, how important it is to yeah. winning a championship. And I Look at the great defenses in football. 
yeah. that have had that have had safety play. That to me is where you know I I, I want to take advantage of two young corners. I want to take advantage of of Jeff Heath's ability to play down, and and I want to take advantage of Jalen Smith's uh, uh, just rebirth as a football player. I want to take advantage of Sean Lee, you know, in, in the, the few more years that I have with him, you know, I want to take advantage of tank Lawrence rushing the passer and, and Randy Gregory, you know, I don't want to be handicapped back there and no offense to, I, I hope that Kayvon Frazier and, and Campbell and Woods and all those guys play great. I, I hope so. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I know what that, I know what this guy can do. I've seen this guy. I've seen this guy take a defense that had a really good pass rush and had guys that can cover and make it one of the elite defenses in the National Football League. He can do that. He's got that kind of ability. Yeah, he does. Um, I would still be surprised. Now he he can show up by Saturday. I think and sure get, he could still get paid for the yeah. week. If you know he reports and then plays on Sunday for Seattle. Yeah, I just knowing human nature, I would be surprised if he didn't show up but see I, I've, I've gone all along Rob that I felt like that he wouldn't leave game checks on the field I'm, I'm with you and but you know what maybe Earl Thomas has enough money put away to where he doesn't need the game checks maybe he could sit there in Austin Texas or you know wherever he is in Seattle sit there and just say you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it ride I'm gonna let it ride I'm gonna let it ride on principle I'm a prideful man and I'm gonna force them to do something with me Seattle's got a couple of choices they could take Dallas's third round pick in 2019 draft, or they could wait and take get a compensatory third round pick in 2020. That's that's really what their options are right now. Or now, they or they could and, give him an extension and keep him. Yeah, and the, and it but, also, also could be, but there's been no significant negotiations at all. No, it's a huge stalemate. It, it sounds a, like they're not. They're, they're both sides are dug in. And Ryan, so, yes. Do you feel like they missed their chance of it at the draft? Like they, if they wanted this deal to be done, it should have been done then. But they said, you know what, would rather have Connor Williams, and that's pretty much yeah. It this would never happen. Yeah, that's a great question, Kent. And to me, it it was more important to them to make sure that they had a solid offensive line than it was a safety. If that particular player wasn't available, would they have done it? I had a first round grade myself on Connor Williams, and he was taken at yeah. fifty. So you know that just shows you that. That their value that th- this club has proven one thing: they can evaluate drafted offensive linemen. There used to be a time where that wasn't the case at all, but if they have a first-round grade on a lineman, it it's it's proven to them that they need to go get that guy. And I and hey, I am all hey, one of the best matchups this weekend, or or really a key linchpin matchup for the Cowboys this weekend, will be how well. That Connor Williams is able to play against Short, Kawan Short for for Carolina, because if he has problems, he can wreck this running game. Hmm. He could wreck this running game. So, you know whether it's Connor Williams or you know Jonathan Cooper, whoever that is, you know they needed that spot to be. But to, to your point, Kent, I I think it, it, yes, it could have been done right then and there. And Stephen Jones was on the phone, and Stephen Jones called back in the third round, and they basically said, yeah, we'll get back to you. No, we're not going to get back to you kind of a thing. Like what incentive does Seattle have 
to reignite the talks with Dallas, right? Well, they, they, Seattle needs to figure out. The guy's not going to report. Yeah, I Seattle mean, needs. Well, he's to not going to report, but right, he but can go to thirty-one other teams. That's exactly that's right. That's ex- John Snyder would not be doing his due diligence as a general manager if he didn't call the other teams around the league. If he didn't call the Raiders or call the you know call any you know, anybody else, the Rams, the Buccaneers, whoever else, he 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 owes it to his club to to try and get the best deal he can. No, I wouldn't be surprised if someone gave up a, you know, if, if, if in fact John Snyder said this, if he said, you know what, this guy wanted to go to Dallas, I'll take a third round pick, but at another place. Just to, just to, now, now the whole was, come get me thing. Well, yeah, the yeah. whole come get me thing. That yeah. did not set well in Seattle. That did not set well at all. And he doesn't owe Earl Thomas anything. You know, Earl Thomas gave him some of his best years, but. This is a this is a bit. Look, you, you want to ask Dan Bailey about owing you anything? Dan Bailey got a big dose of reality the other day. As one player told me, it's a tough business, man. It's a tough it's business. It's tough, and players know, but yeah. it still stings. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But yeah, I, you know, if if, if <clears throat> Earl Thomas, he could end up in a you know some other town, and John starts say, oh well, wait, you took a third from, you know, look what the look what the look what the Raiders did. They had some good offers. Green Bay had a really good offer. But, you know, you see Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for Green Bay. Is their offer better than the Bears' offer if you look at where they could potentially pick? No. <laughs> no. So, the, you know, he, he shipped him off to, you know, he shipped him off to where, you know, Gruden shipped him off to where uh, he could get the best value for the picks. John Snyder doesn't owe, like I say, he doesn't owe him anything. One more thing about the draft. You, you make a, a good point about Connor Williams in that. Yeah. They got to that pick. They had a high grade on him. They know the formula that's worked for them when they've been healthy. Right. And that's badass offensive line, yes. running game that's going to help your yes. defense. And they wanted to fix that, and they wanted to fix the Atlanta nightmare from last November, too. Yes, they absolutely did. That's the route they went. Yeah. And and Connor Williams has had a good camp. Um, now, I'm interested to see, as you mentioned, how he's going to work with Joe Looney because I think it's Joe is a good player, uh, but I was looking forward to seeing Connor uh, with Travis Frederick and Tyron Smith you know, you got two veteran all-pro guys. Yeah. Now, now he's got to turn around and, and build that rapport with Joe. Yeah. Looney at center. So, one of we'll the see. one of the strengths of the Carolina Panthers is their inside two. And you look at Short and you look at Don Terry Poe. You know that that is a that is a strength for them. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, when, you know, Connor Williams is going to have his hands full, whether it's Poe or whether it's Short, he's going to have to deal with power. He's going to have to deal with some quickness. And he's going to have to play with some outstanding technique, and you would feel much better about this if, in fact, that Travis Frederick was able to keep that left eye over there on Connor Williams. Now Joe Looney has got to keep that left eye. I mean, uh, Travis Frederick is uh, – excuse me, uh, Zach Martin will win his battles on the right side, and hopefully that will allow uh, Joe Looney to, to play a little bit more heavy uh, to Connor Williams' side. We did see Travis Frederick in the locker room yesterday um, – Heard he's speaking tomorrow. Is that I heard the, some rumors that, that he was speaking. Yeah, I heard some rumors he was speaking tomorrow. Well, that, so. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, kind of figure some things out. Yeah, here. he seemed to be in good spirits. Uh, has not talked publicly since the diagnosis he of, will, yeah, of Keon yeah. Barre syndrome. But uh, obviously they feel encouraged by him, although no timetable for him to return just yet. You want to grab another phone call? Absolutely. Joel in Dallas, you're up next on Talking Cowboys. What's up, Joel? Hey, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the offensive side of the Cowboys. Um, and, and specifically, I, I think, I'm throwing this out as a, as a theory here. 
I think the predicate for the, the offense we're going to see this year was sort of set in three games in 2016. Those were the three that Dez didn't play. That was against the Niners, the Bengals, and the Packers. In those games, uh, Dak was anywhere from 230 to 250 a game, threw for six touchdowns in the three games, and no receiver had over 100 yards, none. And that was Bryce Butler playing the X, which is generally supposed to be the primary. But my point is, uh, other than Witten now being gone, I think we've sort of upgraded around that. And I don't see any reason why this offense wouldn't work. So I don't know your thoughts on that. Thanks for the call, Joel. It's hard for me to say other than Witten being gone, just what he's meant to this team and, and as, as a safety blanket for Dak and the, and the inexperience they have behind him. I keep going back to the, uh, I keep going back to the Kansas City game. That was one of the best games the Cowboys played as a team all last year. When Chargers was one of the worst. Kansas City, one of the best. Yeah, Terrence Williams had nine targets, nine catches. You know They were able to run the football, got some turnovers on defense, created some problems for Alex Smith, didn't allow. I mean, they gave up the one big play right before the half. But other than that, they were really solid on defense. That was the closest thing to a complete like, game. Yeah. 2016, yeah. 13 win Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and you, they were able to run the ball with some effectiveness. Dak made some good throws on the move. Again, found Williams. Along the sidelines, remember they drop coverage. Peters drops coverage. What happens? The ball goes. Dak breaks pocket, throws the ball all the way down the right sideline. That's kind of where I think that this team is trying to be. I think they're trying to be a balanced team running the football. I'm sorry. It sounds very cliche to say, but this team does rely on balance. They do rely on that. The, the, The one thing that helps this quarterback more than anything is being in second and four and second and five all day. If you can do that with him and you don't put the pressure, and it's not that he's not capable of making a third down and seven or eight throw. We just saw too many times last year where it was a third and eight throw and they try and throw the slant and it gets knocked up in the air or they get a drop or he's not accurate. Well, what, you, yeah. what happens is you're taking Zeke out of the, you're the, totally the, taking the equation as yeah. an option. Exactly. There's no threat exactly. there on third and eight. Yeah, you're so, absolutely yeah. right. And so you know they need to find ways to, to, be, to stay ahead of the chains. Carolina is probably not going to let them run the football. So that's going to mean I'll say, okay, Beasley, Williams, Hearns, you know, those guys, you know, Austin, these guys are all going to have to come with plays. Somebody is going to have to make a play because it, there's going to be some bang in the head against the wall potentially, especially if Connor Williams is kind of struggling with short. You know, it might not be as pretty running the football initially. You, you don't want to get in a situation that happened in Denver where last year where all of a sudden they just could not run the ball and then all of a sudden it just snowballed on them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything on third down. They couldn't get anything established. They weren't winning on the outside. You know, they, they have a chance to win on the outside against these Carolina corners a little bit. You got a rookie starting, you know, at one of the corners. You know, I, I've written about uh, uh, Dante uh, J- Jackson from LSU. He's one of their starters. So, you know, you got you to gotta take advantage of the things you can, but you don't want the situation, like I said, to happen in Denver where you just cannot get anything going. No traction running the ball, and then that put Dak in some terrible, terrible spots. Do you have any concern about Zeke? Not concern, but we haven't. You mentioned earlier we haven't seen Zeke take a hit. Yeah, all preseason he didn't play. Yes, does that bother you at all? Because I'll I'm, I'm of the opinion, and I could be wrong about this, but giving him five carries in preseason, one one appearance, yeah. what's the difference? Well, th- this is where it's going to come down to. We talked about block and short. 
I mean, mentioned Luke Keekley as well. You know, he he could be a, he could be devastating in the running game as well. With Zeke, you know, it's going to be about they, we've seen a lot with this the way the scheme has been running the football has been pulling guys. It's been angle, angle, pull, you know, angle, angle, pull, pull. You know, I mean, when I say angle, I mean down block, down block, getting guys around the edge. You know, the, the thing that it, it's that that right there could help. That could help Jeff Swain. It could help Jarwin. It could help Schultz or Rico when they get in there. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to find a way, though, to, to kind of get Zeke going where not only is it just – I don't know how good inside running is going to be in this game, Rob. I don't know if the if just slamming it in there, slamming it in there, slamming it in there is going to be necessarily the way to go. I think they're going to have to move. And the one thing we've seen about Zeke is when he does get behind those blockers, you get Travis on the out or excuse me, Zach on the outside. You know his ability to kind of make that cut fall for four yards, even when it right. looks like even when it looks like it's a short field, a short narrow sideline. All of a sudden, boom, he's out on the marker. It's a first down. You know, his ability, he's got a sneaky way of kind of making those plays. So they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to. And and this is where I feel like a a rested, fresh, you know, he's practiced all the snaps. He's done everything he's been asked to do. It's not like they're they're sitting him out and they're saying, okay, we're not going to practice you at all. He's lined up at first team tailback every single time. And we've seen it. Long runs. and, And there was a couple practices there in Oxnard well, they kind of took a couple of shots at him, you know, here and there, and he kind of gave a shot back or two. But the, I think I think that he will be – I'll think he'll be ready for to go over this one. Again, it's just about blocking blocking those two defensive tackles and then making sure that Luke Keekley doesn't make every single tackle. Because he's – yeah. He's he will a, make every single tackle. He is a sideline-to-sideline side guy. Yeah, he is he there, Sean Lee, for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's take our final break. Come back, continue breaking things down. I got some questions for you. How about that? We got some questions from Brian Broadus for Rob Phillips next on Talking Cowboys. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. 
That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Get your Jack Black Playmaker for JB Faves plus a full-size lip balm for just 10 bucks with free shipping. At jackblack.com, use code COWBOYS. Welcome back to DallasCowboys.com and talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio. We've only got about 15 minutes left. And let's grab another phone call, Brian. Okay. Frank in New York. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so I had a quick question. Uh, Xavier Woods, he was playing cornerback for us a lot last year. Do you think Slot, our yeah. lack of depth? But you think our lack of depth at like cornerback is due to that? Do you think the team values him as a cornerback? I think that the team. It's a it's a good question. He played he played more as a slot player. That's what he really, really was. Yep. They liked him better in coverage than they did, uh, and that's why he's you know he was a free safety at Louisiana Tech when we evaluated him. I know uh, the draft show guys had him. We had him in the third round, and I was kind of one of those guys that always thought like that he was a better tackler in college than what we've seen in the pros. I'm kind of hopeful that he can kind of develop that a little bit better. But to answer the question, I think that they. I, let me. I'm surprised that he played as well as he did in the slot. Because I thought he was a good cover man, but I didn't think he was slot worthy of as that. But he's got a little bit. Of, he's got a build that would make you think he's kind of got a corner build. Yeah, he's not a tall, rangy guy. He's slender. He's slender, and he's got really good feet. And so you know that's something that you when you look at corners, their ability to stay in position. You know they can be a little bit physical if they have to. But I was uh, I was really impressed because when they put him at corner or when they put him at slot, I was like going, "Oh man, this has got this has got recipe. They're going to wear him out." <laughs> Did they do that in the Hall of Fame game from the very beginning? And it was like, I remember the Rams game. Was it the Rams game? It was the Rams yes, game. We were, right. yeah, we were in the Rams game in, in in the Coliseum in preseason, and all of a sudden he's covering a lot more, and I'm going, "Man, okay, yeah, I expected this. I, I, I didn't yeah. expect this." And yeah. then and then after that, uh, after the the Los Angeles Charger debacle. You know, they started. They just switched everybody around, and and they, did. they had enough. And they'd had enough. They'd had enough of you know with Brown. They'd had enough of Scandrick. You know, Scandrick got hurt, right. but they've had they had enough. They just kind of played those guys in spots. And I don't think they view him as a corner. I think they view him as a safety. But he's got corner traits that you would uh, you would you can use in certain situations, especially if you're playing dime. That you know, extra the sixth defensive back might be a reason why too that they only carried four defensive uh, four corners. That the fact that he could play, he could play a little bit of that uh, some of that slot corner. They did add a fifth corner. He's listed as a corner, Deku, on the practice squad the practice squad yesterday. So that's a little bit of insurance. Um, Kayvon told us yesterday in the locker room he's good. We'll find out how much practice time he does get though. Uh, but they're not counting on Xavier for at least week one. It doesn't seem. So we'll see about how the safety mix shapes up. Who needs to have a bigger game? In this, in this coming up, this contest, Rod Smith or Joe Thomas? Ooh, Rod Smith is a change of pace or spell Zeke back. Yeah, special teams guy. Special teams. I'm gonna go with Joe Thomas because 
of what we talked about in the first segment of yeah. having to contain that versatile Panthers attack. With, Run to the ball. Yes. Yeah. Cam McCaffrey. And we touched on Van Der Esch and we touched on Jalen. And I think having Joe Thomas makes you feel better about if your something, linebacking If court. something happens to Sean Lee, you feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Be- because I feel like um, – well, they had Hitchens last year, and there was concern about him leaving. Yeah. But Joe Thomas has quietly had one of the best camps that we saw defensively. Just I don't know, just being around the ball, just making plays, and a guy who can play multiple spots. But I I, I do see Rod getting in there a little bit. Yeah. Series or make, two, two. Series two, yeah. and, and like you say, helping on special teams. Maybe he makes a tackle. Maybe and they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way to create some turnovers in this game. I think. Yeah. You know, and I think you have to be ready when Cam Newton throws you the ball. And, I mean, throws you the ball like, okay, he, he didn't read the defense correctly, and now the ball hits you right between the five and the zero, Sean Lee. Or, you know, you know Jeff Heath will come up, you know, with the ball. Yeah. But, you know, like I'm saying, uh, Byron Jones, you have to be able to come up with the ball when, when Cam Newton decides he's going to throw it to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's kind of the way they need to go, some, you know, go with some direction there. Hey, we got, we got three-fourths of the crew back. Bill Jones in studio. Yeah, this is when this is when you know he shows up in coat and tie. Yes, and this is why this, this is, is why this is why uh, TV guys make so much more money than radio guys, yeah, right? Because that you break out the nice white clean shirt. Oh, and it looks the, great. The, the, the knot on the tie is perfect. But Bill, we were talking about guys like you know we were kind of going through Carolina, you know, offensively and the the problems that they present. Mm-hmm. But we were, I asked Rob this question just in a way of. Who needs to? Who do you think needs to have the better game? And I kind of did it in a backup form of Rod Smith or Joe Thomas. If you mm. think about who, as a backup player, it, it maybe in minimal snaps, can be that difference maker of a player. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm thinking. You know, Rod. I think Rod Smith. Assuming there are no injuries. Right. Whatever. I think Rod Smith will have a bigger opportunity because Zeke, as much as they want to give the ball to Zeke, give the ball to Zeke, give the ball to Zeke, right. Rod Smith's going to have some opportunities. And so I think, I, I think I'd, I'd say Rod Smith on that. Okay. What do you got? I had Joe Thomas. <laughs> okay. I want to know what Brian has. I think it's, I think it's going to come down to Rod Smith. Okay. I do. And I'm, there's a side of me that's kind of like thinking, okay, you know, he's they're going to put him out there in some situations, maybe in some nickel package stuff he's been playing. I think the linebackers going to have to all play really well in this game. That's and, why and, I went with Joe. Yeah, and I and I he's going yeah, to get some and, snaps. I, and I'm with you. I mean, but I also think though that there's going to be a time or two where they do with those three, four, five opportunities offensively that Rod Smith gets. That he if if he goes in there and he, no gain no gain drop pass you know maybe they throw the ball to him one time and it's a, it's a big play I I'm kind of feeling like that he's going to have to play a role on this on this uh, this attack because you don't want to go in there and what was the biggest problem we had when they took Zeke off the field why are you doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know why are you putting Alfred Morris out there you know. If he's not, or, gonna you're, get, or you're dictating yeah. or, that, okay, now they're they're throwing the ball because yeah. Zeke's not on the field. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I feel like that they just cannot. I don't think either one, and I hate riding the fence because I don't want to ever ride the fence. 
but I feel like that both guys, and that's why I mentioned it, but I think both guys are going to have to play. Is there a guy, another guy that we're not thinking about? Uh, besides the kicker, we all understand the pressure. There's <laughs> yeah. no there's no more pressure that you could put on somebody than what this kicker is going to endure. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the reaction to you guys on the plane, you know, when he's, when he's uh, you know, see how he looks. He might be sitting there, but he might have the air sick bag, you know? He might just have the air sick bag in 31A, just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot on, there's a, there's a bigger spotlight on him than maybe anybody going into this game. But is there you somebody? Think about it. Maybe, more, somebody, maybe as much as Dak. Give me, give me somebody in the forty-six that's not a starter or something like that that you kind of feel like mm, not a starter, not a starter. But this guy has got to. This guy's got to come up with something. What about uh, you mentioned? How Anthony? about coaching staff? Is there anybody on the coaching staff that's got to come up with something? Is this a this is a huge game. Well, I mean, they're all huge, but because I'm, well, I'm Linehan comes right to mind. Linehan, yeah, yeah. Linehan has got to. I mean, he's got to outduel Norv Turner here, doesn't he? Moving the ball? For sure. For sure. And uh, you talked about Tavon Austin. He's got to have a role for him. I'm, yeah, I want to see what toys on that offense. Okay. So, not to say they have to be, you know, I think that's overrated sometimes the, the creativity aspect mm-hmm. of it. But what I'm interested to see what role is Tavon going to have on this team? You know, how, how, are, how is he going to be used? I've talked, I told you guys this. I've talked to so many NFL scouts around the league. And they're like, hey, what's Austin doing? And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, they're using him on the outside. They're doing this, that, and the other. And they're like, huh, okay, let's just see it then. Right. You know, there, there is a lot of skepticism. I use that word right? Yep. Yes. yep. Can't spell it, but I used it. And <laughs> I, just, I just think there's a lot of people around the league that don't believe he can do it, that he was, he's always been just a gadget player unless you come up with a gadget plan that he's not going to have any role in what you do offensively. Well, I, hey, that's fair. If that's people's opinions based off of what five or six years in LA, and and he really didn't have much of a role there last year. He he says wrist bothered him. That right. was an issue. Yeah, I do think before he tweaked his hamstring in camp, we saw signs of him being a solid outside receiver for this team. Can he carry it over to the regular season? But I, I thought he was I, productive, and he, and he showed a little more versatility than I thought he. Oh, no, there's I some just, doubt in that man. I just space question right? yeah. someone that size. On a consistent basis. On a consistent basis. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let me, let me, can I uh, give you another person then? Are you concerned yeah. about Cole Beasley yes, playing? Yes, outside. Yeah. On a consistent basis. Yeah. yeah. I th- but I, I can, I can see you line up and then there's different things they can do. But the traditional, what an X receiver does. Sure. Um, Let's not be stuck in the 1970s. <laughs> you know? Especially when you're talking about jump ball situations where you're asking a guy who's 5'8 to go get a ball that may not be perfectly placed, yeah. giving up a couple inches or more. How about Thompson? Thompson can Thompson be the can Thompson be that Bryce Butler? I always they always say the X Factor. The X Factor guy. Can Thompson be that Boy, better than Bryce Butler guy? It was just one practice, but what I saw from him last sure. Tuesday opened my eyes, said, Oh, okay. Yeah. They may have yeah. something with this guy. And that's why I said the other day that it, I thought it was a shrewd move on the part of the organization, uh, leaving it. him exposed, 
you're able. In fact, they kept basically all their receivers this right. way. Right. You know, they they knew the market on Lance Lenore that he wasn't going to get picked up, and he would be able to get to the practice squad. They knew Deontay Thompson wasn't going to get picked up because nobody saw him do anything in the regu- in the preseason. Right. You're going on pro tape, Buffalo, Chicago, exactly, and not a huge interest Which, coming out of that. Right. In the yeah. pre agency, yeah. he didn't get a lot of uh, play. Right. And, um, and but I saw a little glimpse there that oh okay that's what he might be all about we'll see you know yeah but it's just going to be interesting to see the allotment of okay who's doing what and i think it it may be very from week to week depending on matchups and stuff shoot down my tweet from yesterday rico gathers is the third tight end dalton schultz inactive potentially i mean i could see it now, if they no, you said shoot it down. Oh, shoot it down. You shoot it down if you want. No, shoot it down if you want. No, I, 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 I agree with it. You know, the thing that that changed it for me because I might have shot it down before. Jason Garrett said Rico's done a better job on special teams, and that that's if he can do that, that can get him to the game. Yeah, we need you know? to walk out there and see if he's practicing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you need to see if he, okay, is he, is he, is he wearing the beanie as a scout team guy or is he, is he, is he part of the game plan? That's when you know. Yeah. That's when you'll know. You, you know, and the stretching. other thing is, okay, and it, it may go week to week, matchup to matchup. Okay. But maybe they have a, a role that's different for Rico than what they would have for Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is a duplicate of what they've already got active. Right. And right. Rico might provide something in a situation that they can use. And that may be the difference right there. Meaning red zone, Rico might have. I think Garrett made a really good point in comparing him to Martellus Bennett as a blocker. It's not pretty, but when you're 280 pounds or whatever and you get into somebody, if you just get into him and hang on to him, it's hard to throw an 80, 280 pound man out of the way, as long as you don't, especially they're athletes. As long as you don't miss the assignment. Yeah, and, and, if, and he, there. if he yeah if he whiffs yeah. completely and gets somebody hurt, then you'll kind of know what all these coaches felt all along about Rico Gathers. I've said this before. I think Rico Gathers really benefited from a new coaching staff offensively. I know it's Scott Linehan still the OC, but his old tight end coach is no longer here, and so with that being said. He's got a fresh look on life and really a fresh start. And I think that helped him make this football team. How much 10 personnel do you think they'll use? I don't see that a whole lot. I don't see that a whole lot. That's one back. Just put them all out there. No tight end. Yeah, yeah, one back, no tight end. Four receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's that's kind of where maybe that's a – I don't know if they'll get to that much. I, I, in watching Carolina play, uh, Captain Mummerlin, mm-hmm. great name, best is, name in the league, is <laughs> the starter at nickel corner, and boy, he is he survived being a big, heavy looking guy, and but he could play, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking, okay, matchups. How do I, you know, how do I get Captain Mummerlin on, you know, Munnerlin, Munnerlin, Munnerlin. I would say Mummerlin, <laughs> Captain Munnerlin, Munnerlin, Munnerlin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mum. It's mun. It's mun. Munnerlin. 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 It's add extra yeah. m in there yeah. somewhere down the line. Or maybe two extra m's. Munnerlin. 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 Captain. The cap. Anyways, yeah. good player. <laughs> yeah, good player. Though. All right, South Carolina, I think. Yes, absolutely. We're out of time. Oh, we got, wow. we got in for ten minutes. Yep. That's good though. Yep. Well, yeah. you offered some insight. That's yeah. good. 
I know. First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you host next time. How about that? <laughs> okay, let's do it tomorrow. That sounds good. How about it? Get us I'm going to wear a baseball cap tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. And a tie? No, uh, no, no tie. Okay. All right. Woody Johnson from the owner of the <laughs> Jets. <laughs> Workout gear tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?